especially uh, verses 7 to 21, we can find the Lord saying three times, Behold, I am coming soon, in verse 7. Behold, I am coming soon, verse 12. Yes, I am coming soon, in verse 20. The imminent return without delaying of the Lord Jesus is the key message of this chapter. Possibly that is a theme and the main message of the whole Bible. Indeed, his return is one of the most important messages of the Bible. The Lord Jesus encourages us that it will not be a long period. I am coming shortly. I will soon be there. Nonetheless, we are not just looking for something to happen. We are looking for someone to come. It is the one who was with the Father before all time. The one who came into the world as an infant at Christmas. The one who went to cruel Calvary on Good Friday and who rose victorious from the grave in the morning of Easter. The one who ascended to the kingdom of God, to the kingdom of heaven, this same one will come again. This same one will come here again soon. We shall know that he is the king, the Lord and our saviour. This is indeed Christ Jesus who is on a march toward the end. Believe it or not, the world around us is temporary. This history we live live, had a beginning and it will have an ending. Nothing is forever here on earth. The Lord Jesus is coming again so that he will complete all human history. The end of it. That's it. What's more, his return will be the accomplishment of God's divine plan for our salvation. Yes, every eye will see him coming here again as they see the end of this world. Nonetheless, the Bible does not permit us to calculate when that will be. If you you ever expect it to me, say that God will, Jesus will come such such a day, you will be greatly disappointed. I'm sorry. I know nothing about that timing. Don't even think about guessing and trying to work out its possible time. All your efforts and energy will be in vain. No one knows it except God himself. 
The church in every age is to await God's soon, Christ's soon return. But the actual timing is up to God. We simply have no idea when he will return. But the Bible says, the Bible says, soon, soon it will happen. What we merely know is soon. That's it. Some may then wonder how soon is soon. I wish I know. Others may argue that nearly 2,000 years have passed since these promises were given. Thus, soon may look like an exaggeration. Do we think the Bible is telling us a lie? They also claim that, consequently, the Bible has misled and people because soon does not really appear to mean soon. We should then ask them, why are you so desperate and eager to know how quickly he will return? Why do you want to know the timing? Besides, the word soon can refer either to speed, quickly, or time, soon. In Revelation, the later is almost certainly the thrust, implying the consummation of the world eventually. And evidently, Jesus emphasized a period of time by saying in Mark 13 and 7, such things must happen, but the end is not yet. Interestingly enough, the very first message Jesus, our Savior, proclaimed after defeat Satan's temptation was time, soon. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Matthew 4 and 17. Whether the events was the following year or a tooth or even 5,000 years later, it is still near. In other words, God in his sovereignty has already determined the time of the end and we can only hold on to the certainty of his promises and wait and wait for his predestined time. Meanwhile, our Savior and our God, our gracious God, wants to give this sinful, rebellious world the opportunity to repent and be saved, according to Second Peter 3 and 1 and following. If we truly believe his promise of return, there is one thing we must do before we have run out of time. Be ready. We should be ready. 
We should be ready and organize our lives to be prepared for the return of our Savior Christ Jesus. We need to get ready. We need to get ready right now because he will come soon. The Bible is very clear that when Jesus appears, there will not be enough time to get ready. Thus, we have to be ready every minute of, our, uh, of every day. There will be no delay. This is not something we can do later on. We have to be ready. We have to be ready for his return. What do we do to get ready? What do we do? According to Matthew 25 and 13, keep watch. Keep watch. Because you do not know the day or the hour. Keep watch. Watching, looking for the Lord's return. That is what we should be doing. However, that doesn't mean staring up, staring up into the skies, day and night. But it is an attitude or expectancy, isn't it? It is faithfulness. It is actually believing his word. It is more to do with our trusting and believing his promises, being faithful and showing our loyalty to our Savior Christ Jesus. Again, what should we do in order to be ready? According to verses 6 to 11 of chapter 22, we must keep God's word. We must keep his commandment. We must keep his law, which is faithful and true, according to Revelation chapter 19 and verse 11, and verse 6 says of chapter 22, trustworthy and true. We can trust his word because his word is trustworthy and true, and he is also faithful. The same God who spoke through the prophets also spoke through John, John, the ba- John, to all of us, in, thus in verse 7 says, keep the words of the prophets in the book. It means to God to watch over, to preserve intact the word of God, the Old and the New Testament, we call the Holy Bible. Respect and hold up its authority. This is authority. We cannot add to the word of God what be taking anything from it. In other words, we have no ability or right to modify, twist, or compromise the word of God, the Bible. Hence, we should know that it is an extremely dangerous thing to tamper with the word of God. On the other hand, those who guard the word of God and obey it will be richly blessed. But those who alter it will be 
punished accordingly. And this responsibility is especially great in the light of Christ's return. He promised to come soon. Yes, he has promised to come soon, but he has not yet come. It doesn't mean people can distrust Jesus. It doesn't give them any excuse to disrespect the word of God and challenge its authority. Don't forget, the time is near. In verse 10, the time is near. Jesus Christ's coming will occur so quickly. There will be no delay. There will be no second chance. There will be no excuse. People will not have time to change their characters. There will be no time to change their faithfulness. There will be no turning back. It will be too late. Thus, keep watch and be ready. Obey his word. The next thing is to persevere and serve the Lord, according to verse 12 to 14. No wonder. Verse 14 says, Blessed are those who washed their robes. They are those who try to live pure lives before God. It therefore refers to uh, verse 7 of those who keep the words of the prophets of this book. Having said that, the unifying theme is the necessity of remaining in truth to the Lord in order to participate in the resurrection to eternal life. Yes, eternal life for everyone. Everyone who believes in Christ. Christ gives those who washed their robes authority over the tree of life. It means that they have eternal life. In chapter 20, verse 6, rephrase it, the second death has no power of them. If you believe in Christ, if you have ever accepted Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you, if you are faithfully expecting his return, death has no power. Death will not hold on you because we have already eternal life, abundant life in Christ. Besides, Going to church does not mean you will see that heavenly city. Being kind to animals and helping little old ladies crossing the street may earn you a citizenship reward, but that doesn't mean it is good enough for heaven. Paul says in Romans 3 and 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Truly, 
our good, our good deed just mean us uh, 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 end up falling short in the end. It is not our good deed. So Jesus himself said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, according to Matthew 7 and 21, but those who being persecuted for his names, those who keep the word of God at all costs, and those who watch and be ready, those who believe in God, those who have trust and faith in Christ, will enter the heavenly city. In contrast to the blessings awaiting the redeemed is the punishment awaiting the wicked in verse 15. While the unsaved are outside of the city, the righteous entered the gate into the city, into the holy city. Outside of a city is exclusion and the shame that the wicked will experience in eternity. They are, in fact, cut off from the covenantal community. Their final destiny is the lack of lake of burning sulfur. The Bible says. In the last days, there will be a great falling away. This simply means that a lot of people who were serving the Lord will quit, will give up their faith. They will give up. They will say, they will say the Lord, the, the road is too hard. I cannot keep my faith any longer. Yet the Bible encourages us, no matter what we are facing, don't walk away from the Lord. Please, don't give up. In reality, living for the Lord isn't for the weakling and the quitter. And the one who gives up when things don't go the way they had planned. Practically, living for the Lord means being willing to go through the battles, the storms, the valleys of life for his name's sake. How? Not our own strength or willpower, but again, the word of God will strengthen and empower us to get right with our God. Listen to verse 13 again. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Which is a great encouragement to anyone who genuinely seeks to serve the Lord. Brothers, brothers and sisters in Christ, 
please always remember whatever God, God starts, he will finish. For he is the, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He had a plan for our redemption. He accomplished it by sacrificing his one and only son, Christ Jesus, on the cross. He created the first heaven and earth. He will create a new heaven and new earth. He will be our God. He will live with us in the holy city where there will be no more death. There will be no more mourning. There will be no more crying. There will be no more pain. All we can do and say at this right moment is, Hallelujah! Amen! Even if we are Presbyterians, we don't need afraid to say Hallelujah! Hallelujah means praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! After all, the final verse which reveals another amazing truth says, The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. The grace of the Lord, our Savior, Christ Jesus, be with you. Amen. We are indeed God's people who are standing firm until the end, watching for his return. The Lord has poured his grace out upon his people at the cross. That grace will be with you. That grace will be with us until he returns. How do I know? According to his word, he is faithful and he is true. His word is trustworthy. Furthermore, The Lord continues to pour his grace out upon each and every one of us and empower us to be everything he has designed us to be in his kingdom. The Lord's grace and his love will see us through anything that comes our way. His grace is all-powerful. And it's sufficient in our times of need and our times of weakness through our relationship with our Savior Christ Jesus. His love and his grace will also provide the power to live holy lives until he comes. John, the author of uh, Revelation, after seeing this incredible vision as his amen. And we should add ours as well. By the way, we know that amen means so let it be. So let it be done. It is God's grace that allows us the opportunity to be in God's presence And in all joy and peace forever, nothing of our own effort but his free 
gift of grace to each and every one of us. Thus, we want to tell others. We should tell others of the grace of God Almighty. We will obey his word. We will obey his commandment and share his invitation with a last word, with a, dis, uh, with a lost world. In, in the end, we see the holy city. We see the city of our God. And we enter it into its gate. Enjoy its beauty and splendor. Kneel down at the river of life and drink deeply of its water. Reach up and take fruit from the tree of life freely, freely. And turn and gaze into our God creator's face. We will see him face to face. Think about sinners like us will see God, the holy, the holiness of God face to face. Acknowledge the incredible beauty and holiness and wonder of it all. We will immediately recognize the fact that we are belonging. We are belonging to one who is good and loves with an everlasting love. What an amazing and incredible thing to look forward to. Let us then join John in the Bible and Bible's last prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, amen. Come, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. Let us celebrate Holy Communion, which our Savior Christ Jesus prepared through his death on the cross.